Thank you for tuning in to Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Let the show begin. Hey, Jamie, I'm glad we finally managed to get on a call and have a chat about sports and your systems. But before we dive in, how have you been? Hey there, Jake. I have been doing well, getting healthier every day, you know, with everything that I went through. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, I got sick around uh, Halloween of last year with a, uh, it's called a pseudocyst, a cyst on my pancreas. And um, usually they go away. This one decided to keep growing. So had to have a feeding tube, didn't eat for about seven weeks, spent about off and on about 14 weeks in the hospital, spent my birthday in the hospital, Super Bowl in the hospital, no fun. But after 11 surgeries, um, I'm on the mend. Um, things are on the up and up and uh, I'm going to be here for a while, God willing. So hanging in there and really focusing daily, every day on my numbers and sports investing and treating it like a business and not treating it like a losing hobby. And that's kind of one, one of the things I kind of wanted to preach to the community, like treat it like your business, you know, every dollar counts, every unit counts and treat it as such. And if you do that, you'll get far and dive into the homework and just love what you do. Cause what we do is fun, but keep it short and sweet and don't, ever let sports investing get in the way of enjoying life and your family and your friends and things like that and things will go well and for me things are going well things are going on the up and up I've got a one more surgery coming up on October the 12th and hopefully that works out and I'm, I know it, and I know it will and I won't have uh, anything to worry about everything will be free and clear hopefully and uh, we won't have to talk about the hospital anymore ideally and we can just talk about sports so I'm doing good physically, mentally. I'm doing great. Um, I'm in a really good place right now. And hopefully I can stay there and stay that way. And hopefully keep things moving in the right direction. I'd like to go back a year and ask you about 2020. How did the season go for you? The sports were very volatile. Things were a bit crazy. Did you make any changes? What was going on? Yeah, and uh, it was volatile from from the beginning like when the pandemic first started was you know at kind of after the super bowl going into march and everything like that you know for the two months here in the states anyway where everything was shut down to be honest it was kind of a relief not having anything to any sports to trade for the little time that it was i mean that relief didn't last that long it immediately you know after after a couple of weeks it turned into trepidation of you know what am i going to do with my time with the with the several hours or the few hours i spend every day looking at lines looking at games analyzing and handicapping and then once you know some of the sports started coming back during the summer and into the fall it was uh it was tough because like i said the uh the mental aspect of having shelter in place and you know my the restaurant I run, you know, being shut down for the time it was shut down and then coming back to have capacity and, you know, you're worried about making an actual income for, you know, I don't, I don't do this full time yet. And hopefully that'll be soon. But, you know, the more you learn, the more you realize um, the people that do do this full time, kudos to them, because even trying to navigate, you know, my work schedule, the pandemic and, and, and handicapped games, it, it was a lot at, at that time. And like the first um, two months of the season or three months before I got sick in October, um, the games were, it was just tough to get a read on. It was just strange not having any fans in the stands, you know, the, the bubble for the NBA, which actually I did well in the NBA in the bubble because certain sports not having people in the stands really affects the way some people play in that, in the bubble. <clears throat> and I said this to someone here at the bar, um, at my restaurant, I said, the Phoenix Suns are going to be a problem. And in the bubble, you know, they went, I think, I don't think they lost a game in the bubble, but they didn't make the playoffs because of a tiebreaker with Memphis. And then lo and behold, the, you know, the next season starts and they make it all the way to NBA finals. It's kind of an, I told you so thing for me and it made me feel good, but other sports, as far as football, baseball and things like that. I mean, it was 
it was tough just trying to get a get a get a grasp on how important the fans and the travel and all the things that these other teams have to go through just to get prepared for a game much less with a pandemic going on how that would affect their performances so towards the end of end of 2020 man it was uh it was a tough it was a tough road to hoe handicapping wise it was uh it, it was it was difficult it wasn't just uh, the handicapping it was also the aspect of the challenging aspect of your personal life where you were running a business and suddenly you were told to stop and uh, obviously the government wasn't really supporting the hospitality business as much uh, back then so you were sort of on your own and this leads on to the next question which i was going to ask you about the most challenging aspect of 2020 but i i, I kind of want to twist this question and ask you what was the most what, what was the learning opportunity for you what's what did you learn from 2020 um because obviously you progressed from being sort of you know in a completely different mindset to where you are now and you know, things are obviously getting better around us but also um mentally you're in a much better state yeah and honestly what i learned and what like i said before what what you learn is in looking at as far as trading sports, you know, placing a wager on a team, when you're looking at that team, there's, with what was going on in 2020, there's so much more that you had to take into account of for each team, whether they be traveling or not. So with uh, baseball, for example, you know, those teams are actually traveling and doing the testing every day and the contact tracing and all of that. And, you know, I remember, uh, I, was, I guess it was last summer where I think it was the Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken, they, they, you know, they missed about two weeks worth of play because of things that were, you know, things that were going on uh, regarding the pandemic and their team. And it just, you know, how do you, how do you handicap for that? You know, how do you handicap for a, for a team coming back, you know, losing a starting pitcher, losing a starting catcher, losing, you know, half their coaching staff? And, you know, are they going to rise to the occasion or are they going to sink? You know, and that, that, that was a difficult part of every other sport with the exception, I would, I would say with the exception of the NBA and WNBA with them being in the bubble, that, that's what made it so difficult for me personally to, to handicap games and the most difficult side of it on top of, you know, spending as much time as I did in the hospital and, you know, getting, getting my mental, mental state together into a place where I can actually focus on the games and not worry about outside factors. I can do that now, but, you know, last year there were so many outside factors that to be quite honest with you, I mean, I'm not going to say I had no business trading any sports last you know, towards the end of last year, the first part of this year, but I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been doing as many games as I did, um, with, with my mental state, my physical state, the, the way it was. And looking back on that now, it's an important lesson that I learned that, you know, if mentally, you're, mentally, if you're not there, if you're in a dark place or if you're not feeling well or anything like that, you might want to take a step back and, you know, maybe take the day off, maybe take the week off because, you know, the games aren't going anywhere. The game's 365 days a year in whatever sport you can find. And taking a day off to get your mental together is is important. And, you know, this is a very big piece of advice that you just provided there for people within the community and outside of it. You know, this happens every single day, this sort of idea of overbetting or having to have a bet on just to get the action going. You know, skipping a day or skipping a week, this is not the world ending thing because sports are pretty pretty much an everyday thing. This happens every single day. So the action is there. You don't have to be on the action every single day because after all, if you're not winning and things are not going in your direction, skipping a day, skipping a week or even a month, taking that time away for yourself to focus on your own mental health it will allow you to put yourself back in this positive 
place where you were actually winning money with a positive mindset because once you hit that negative mindset it's not only going to lose money for you but your perception for sports is also going to change slightly and you are you're going to start doubting yourself which is not good at the end of the day at some point of your betting career you'd rather have your balances your wins and losses ratio at zero on a given day or a week than having them at the minus yeah and you get caught in the mindset of you know and like like i said if you just if you should take a week off you know and you know some one of the things i tell people is you know sometimes not placing a bet feels just as good as winning it mm. and and you know taking that week off you know if you start off with a bad week when you should have taken the whole week off you start off with a bad week and then you finish on a on a high note you know, maybe you go into the next week with a, with a little more confidence, but at the same time, if you had taken the week off, who knows? You come back and you start looking at, you know, you start looking at the board and all the games on the board, and and your eyes are opened a little bit, and you can see the board clear because you know you're refreshed and you're renewed, and you know you're excited about it instead of, you know, waking up every day. Not, not I don't want to say dreading it, but looking at looking at lines, looking at games is something. If you're if you don't wake up in the morning and you don't look forward to doing that, then you should shouldn't be trading sports. Once again, huge piece of advice for, <laughs> from a man who's been there, done that, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So this year MLB season has quite a lot of changes, especially in terms of rules for topper headers. Have you started accommodating some of these rules into your systems? Not necessarily the one the and the other as the other aspect of I learned going from twenty 2020 twenty into twenty twenty one to be quite honest my um my trading of uh major league baseball like pregame trading I am mediocre at best you know my record is not not good, but what I learned is I might not be good at with the pregame with MLB, but I do know how to do the, the, the typhoon system and that, you know, Cliff came up with it several years ago. And then me and Scotty started talking about, you know, it used to be, um, innings two, seven and eight for baseball. Um, me and, uh, me and Scotty started talking and an old school and a couple other guys. And I, I, we came up with the, uh, innings two, three and five. And then I took it, took it a little bit further because I really don't like C-bets, even though I do trust my system. And sometimes I will do a C-bet. But once I get to the, instead of the C-bet, I broke it down to just doing innings two and three. And in learning that, you know, I, um, in, in, in accepting the fact that, you know, my pregame baseball is not very good. I can't, I don't get a read on, on the lines very well sometimes. And sometimes i see some things and I don't know what I'm looking at and, you know, I mess it up. But what I learned is, you know, doing the, the MLB two, three typhoon, you know, that's my niche, that's my cup of tea and that's what I'm good at. So I started, you know, working that even, even at the time I was, I was still pretty sick when I was, when I started it, you know, it was back in July ish and I was getting better, you know, start starting to get better, but not all the way better. Mm. And with everything these baseball teams are doing, traveling, trades, and everything like that, one thing I can depend on with the MLB 2-3 Typhoon is with my filters, you know, in that second and third inning, you know you're going to get, hopefully, the middle to the end of the order and the pitcher batting in one of those at-bats on one or hopefully both teams. And it's a, you know, it's a pretty easy not easy, but it's a it's a way to make money if you do the homework right. And I've you know I've run the typhoon. I haven't run it since so since September the fifteenth. But uh, my record this year is uh, one hundred nine wins, um, nineteen losses, and I'm up uh, twenty eight, no, almost twenty nine units. Yeah, twenty nine units, one hundred nine wins, nineteen losses, which is remarkable results. And I saw your comment from. Uh, for Michael, who was asking, how do you read your plays? Do you want to explain how this Typhoon system works in terms of the AB progression? 
best. Yeah, thing. yeah, totally, not a problem at all. So I um, I use Bovada when I do it because the interface is easy. It doesn't glitch up. A lot of uh, some of the other books that I have, I have several of them, but some of them um, they'll offer an inning sometimes and they won't. And Bovada is the most consistent with their live betting. So what you do is um, I can go. Should I go through? The, can I go through the filters first? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so the filters for me are um, National League, National League games. Uh, I stay away from the American League unless it's an interleague game, and the American League team is on the road. In that, in saying that, which means the pitcher for the American League team is going to have to have an at bat. So that um, National League, the over under should be eight and a half or less. And when you're looking at it, I prefer it be juiced to the under. And in saying that, I mean, if it says under eight and a half instead of minus um, 105 or 110, it should be under eight and a half, hopefully minus 115, minus 120. If you see a juice to the under, that's the cusp or the precipice as far as I'll go. That's as high as I'll go as a total before I do it. If I see an eight, seven and a half or a seven, I'm going to play that game. Unless I stay away from Coors Field, you know, the over-unders are always between 10 and 13 runs. Mm -hmm. And I haven't learned in this the hard way. I am staying away from any game that in involves the Dodgers because their lineup is ridiculously filthy. And they have burned me several, well, not several, but a couple of times this year. So I avoid the Dodgers. I avoid certain ballparks like Coors Field, Wrigley Field the Dodgers, any team, and the Padres as well, any team with just a ridiculously potent lineup, you kind of want to stay away from them. Mm. After that, you go and check your pitching matchups. Whoever's pitching, I don't look at ERA. Um, in my opinion, ERA is about as useful as the gum on your shoe. But what you want to look at is the FIP, FIP, the XFIP, and the WIP. And they're easy stats to find. You can Google them. But I look for a whip to be under for each pitcher to be under 1.3. 1.4 is as high as I is, is as high as I'll go. Look for a whip under that and find the game, you know, and then bet the game. And once uh, you go into the live section of Bovada, you find the game and you can catch it, you know, before first pitch, right after first pitch. But um, you go to the second inning and you bet. For under a half a run for that inning and, you know, sit back and wait. And if they score in that second inning, use the use the, the good handy dandy Z code progression calculator. And you know what you will need to bet in the third inning. And if they score in the third inning, you know what? You bite you bite the bullet and you take the loss and you move on. You don't chase. Like I said, I don't like doing C bets. Um but there there are certain instances where I do. I think I may have done four C-bets this year. Um, one of them lost one of them. And, I mean, you lose a C-bet, you know, you're losing seven upwards of seven, eight upwards of nine units, which is why I kind of stay away from the C-bets. So if you lose on a B-bet as opposed to losing seven, eight, nine units, you're going to lose maybe four, maybe five. And you can get that back the next day if enough games qualify. And if they don't, you know, you can get it back. You know, throughout the week, it's a long season. It's a long process. And, you know, I've, I haven't shut down the 2-3 the Typhoon this season. I'm honestly just waiting on the playoffs to start, and then I'm going to crank it back up. <laughs> so, obviously, NBA is done for the season, but you've been tinkering with WNBA, mm -hmm. and now we're in the playoffs, playoffs uh, stage. How is it going for you? Man, I am treading water. I was doing, um, I think at one point in the WNBA, I was up, oh, let me think. I think I got up maybe seven or eight units. And then I went, I went on a run of just not even terrible luck. I just wasn't, I wasn't seeing the board um, as clear as I thought I was. And that that put a little, as they say here in the States, I put a little hitch in my giddy up, kind of slowed me down a little bit. Yeah. WNBA, I got up as high as 
10 units this year. And right now I'm, I think I'm down eight and the not, not, not an excuse by any means, but I'm, I'm, wasn't, I'm not seeing the board clear because in 2020, the WNBA, they were in the bubble and now they're back traveling again and it, and it's completely changing, um, changing, it changes the way the ladies play it, you know, having fans in the stands and the travel was different and, you know, in the bubble, you know, you don't, you don't, and you know, these ladies, these ladies fly commercial, you know, they fly Delta and Southwest, just like, just like you and I in the NBA, they're on private jets, you know, they got hotel rooms. And I mean, even yesterday I t- I did a trade, I took the, um, the aces minus, I posted minus, uh, aces minus six and a half. I actually did six, but I posted six and a half, but it counts as a loss. And the reason I took the aces on that is because I'm um, on Twitter, which is which helps me a lot in following certain players in the WNBA. I saw that um, Skylar Diggins Smith complaining that it took them eight hours to get a flight from Phoenix to Las Vegas. Um, I'm sorry, 12 hours to get from Phoenix to Las Vegas on a commercial flight. And then they got to the room at the Mandalay Bay. And none of the rooms were clean, so the rooms weren't ready. So they they were they were already set up. Not not I don't want to say set up to fail, but I mean they're at at that point, you know they're, you know how do you get mentally ready to play uh, play a basketball game when you've spent you know sixteen out of a 20, sixteen hours out of a twenty four hour day traveling, getting ready, getting bags, then you got team meetings, shoot around, then you got to eat. A lot of these ladies have children at home and husbands and things like that. It, you know, it's, it's tough. And then you have to, you know, stand in line like the rest of us to fly a commercial flight. It, it makes it tough on them. And, you know, you got to kind of with the WNBA anyway, you can use that and account for that in your in your handicapping. And it kind of helps. So hopefully I'm down. Um, looks like I'm down eight units so far this year. I'm hoping by the time the championship rolls around, I can. Uh, I can get, hopefully I can get, get this thing back in the green, but you know, if not, it's not a lost season, no losses. They're only lessons. And, you know, there's plenty that I've learned this season in the WNBA that I can carry on in the next season and hopefully come out of the gates firing and keep it going. It's interesting you say lessons. So do you plan to drop any of the sports or pick and pick up any of the sports along the way, or you, you just going to stick with, what you have and sort of carry the knowledge forward. I'll tell you this. I, 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 I don't know what it is. My fascination with hockey, but you know, I, I can't ice skate to save my life. And I've maybe watched, you know, 10 hockey matches all the way through in my life, but I have a fascination with hockey totals. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I've been, I was tinkering with this um, last season and ended up, I forget. I think I went, you know, I was just paper trading it, which everyone should do. Everyone should paper trade for 30 days if you're new to Z code. Sorry, had to throw that out there. Um, but I, uh, I, I was paper trade trading it and I ended up, you know, right at right at 50 percent. So what I'm going to do, I ended up doing. That was about 100 100 to 120 games I paper traded. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to probably do. 50 to 100 more going into this season. See how it goes. And hopefully, hopefully I'm onto something because I, and I think I am, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to start posting it out to the community until um, the proper testing is done and to make sure I can, you know, I'm reading the board right and seeing the numbers right and watching the line moves correctly. But hockey, hockey is next on the list for me. And you've been very much engaged in the nfl season as well you started off really really strong how's it going for you and what has contributed towards the success story um this season for the nfl that i started off pretty pretty stinking hot to be honest with you and i'm you know proud to proud to say that it's um Again, I guess, I mean, I'm going back to 2020 again, but it's looking at the outside, the outside factors of, of certain teams and certain situations and certain, certain games. I call it, 
uh, Bear, who used to be on the site a lot, and he hadn't been around in a while, but it's um, he does it a lot in the NBA. It's uh, situational handicapping. So I'm trying to find an example here of, yeah. So like the Saints played the Patriots this past Sunday. And the Patriots had just come off a huge win. The Saints had just come coming off coming off getting absolutely destroyed by uh, Carolina the week before. Well, you know, initially Vegas is going to put out a line of you know the Patriots minus three, and the way that the Saints lost that game, I mean, it was embarrassing. It was, I think, it was twenty. It was, I mean, I, I think they might have scored. 10 points if I, I don't have it in front of me, but they might have scored 10 points that game and it was ugly. Well, come to find out, looking looking back, Carolina, who beat the Saints that way, their defense is solid. It's legit. It's really good. And the Patriots, being as you know, they did well, they're still playing with a rookie quarterback. So you look at a situation like that and you see an experienced coach in Sean Payton. Uh, an experienced quarterback in Jameis Winston, albeit a turnover machine. But what you see is an opportunity in that this rookie quarterback is not Sean Payton is going to take advantage of a rookie quarterback in that situation. And things like that, when you take into account those things will help your handicapping tremendously. You know, you can look at the numbers all you want and the line movement and reverse line movement and all that. But the you you have to take into effect take into account the the situational factor, the travel factor, the are they coming, you know, is this team coming off a huge win? Um, and if they are, they do for a letdown. Is this team coming off, or like in the case of the Saints, the week before they played the Patriots, they're coming off an embarrassing loss. So they're, they're going to come out with something to prove. And adding that into your handicapping, along with the numbers and watching the lines and things like that, will help you tremendously you know picking these games anybody you know you can throw darts at a dartboard and go 50 50 but when you add in the situ- the situation you know check you know check not necessarily espn because i don't really do that but you know follow the local beat or local beat writer for a certain team mm-hmm. you know they're they're easy to find and you can find little little things that little things that um you don't necessarily see on the national media another example of that um if I go back to the Saints in week two, when they got beat, beaten up really bad by Carolina, a lot of people didn't know this and the media didn't report this, but um, the Saints coaching staff was missing, uh, I think it was between either six and eight coaches. Oh, wow. So they're playing that game against Carolina with, you know, Sean Payton and three other three or four other guys trying to do the job of 12 to 15 people. Well, they got they got blown out. And the reason for that, you know, when you're missing half your coaching staff, it's it's tough. So, take, you know, taking things like that into consideration will help you a lot. And why, I mean, just watching line moves is one of the best one of the best things you can ever do. And the other best thing you can do in anything in, in this in this thing of ours is sports trading is the main question you can ask is why? When you see a line come out, you know, why were the Bills favored by seven? You know, why why are the Broncos favored by ten and a half? Why is the over under set at this number? You know, ask your ask yourself why and then and then kind of dig deep into that. And if a line opens at, you know, let's say Seattle's favored by four and a half or something like that, and it moves up to six, why did it move up to six? Somebody get hurt, something in the news, or if it drops down to three. You know, it's not always the line's going to move a certain way because of sharp money. For most most instances, it is. But, you know, there's some other factors that you have to take into account. And that's what I'm kind of learning um, along this journey, because I've you know been doing this for not a very long time. But in the short time I've been doing it, what I'm learning is there's so many factors that go into picking picking games and trying to trying to pick winners and trying to be on the right on the right side. It's very interesting you mentioned Patriots uh, because they're playing against Tampa Bay next week or this week, sorry. Yeah. And this will be a very interesting match because both of them are coming off of a loss. Uh, Obviously, Tampa Bay lost the Rams 
Patriots lost to Saints. Mm-hmm. And Tampa Bay has got a new player as well in the team, Richard Sherman. Yep. How how do you feel like this is gonna play out for either team? Also, the one thing I very I find very interesting is that Tampa Bay, even though they're the favorites, they are not the strongest favorites in this match. It's a bit like the bookmakers are giving them a bit of a they're giving the Patriots a bit of a chance that you know. There's the possibility. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I see it because I mean I'm looking at it now, and the line opened up at line opened up at Buccaneer. It was minus three. I guess I'm, I'm sure they put that line out. I guess that line might have came out Sunday night, and today is Wednesday, and it's already at the Buccaneers are minus six and a half. Well, what I honestly, in my my opinion, I think the sharp the, the wise guys, you know, the sharp guys, they saw that minus three and they hammered it to the point where the bookies had to had to push it past three up to another key number in football, which is six and seven. So it's sitting at six and a half. And what they're 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 really trying their best. It looks like they're really trying their best to get some more money to come in on the Patriots. I always find this very interesting because when the bookmaker gives the team a little bit of a chance, there is always that possibility that they know something. (laughs) Of course. Absolutely. And they for that line to open up at three and for them to move it that much, you know, move it moved three, three and a half points in in two and a half days. They they know something. And I'm not going to say they're concerned, but they they're they're They need what it looks like to me. Just initial looking is that they need some more money to come in on the Patriots because. If that line holds and the Buccaneers cover that spread, they're going to lose a, 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 a big they're going to they're going to the books are going to lose. But that's where, you know, fading the public kind of comes into play because, well, it's not really fading the public because the line that line's that minus three is not going to move to six and a half because of public money. That's that's some big money coming in on the Bucks, and the books know it. So they're up in that line to get some more action in on the Patriots. And I honestly, I don't know that the Patriots are good enough yet to to handle. I mean, I don't know if anybody's good enough to handle Tom Brady, an angry Tom Brady coming off a loss. <laughs> you know, and that's, I mean, nobody, nobody wants. And, you know, you're bringing him, you're bringing him back to Gillette Stadium, the house that he built. You know, you gave you six Super Bowl rings. <laughs> And he's coming off of a loss. I mean, that game is honestly. I might sit back and watch that one unless I see something that just jumps out at me. But I really, and you know, like I said, a rookie quarterback. Not that Tampa's defense is that great because they've given up a ton of points this year, but it's all been against seasoned veteran quarterbacks. Yeah, and and I think that defense on the Buccaneers look, are looking. They're licking their chops and they're going to pin their ears back and get after. Uh, young Mac Mac Wilson and he's gonna I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna have a long day. <laughs> it's funny you say that, but Rams have been looking really, really well. And also the the one thing that I found really interesting is that the bookmakers when they put out the lines for Rams and Buccaneers, it was basically fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. No one knew who was gonna win that match. Not even the bookies. Well nope. maybe maybe they did, but <laughs> Yeah, no well, they they know a lot of things we don't <laughs> my 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 thing was that when that line came out because i that was one of my actual more that was one of my picks for uh for that week i had the the rams plus the one and a half again that that pick was solely i'm not going to say solely situational but for me it was situational in that you know they're traveling from the east coast to the west coast they're coming off uh, what was I'm um, you know I'm here in Atlanta so you know it was a tight it was a tight game with the Falcons for about two and a half minutes and then they put up 20 points to win by 23 um, but they're coming off a big win and they're coming off a big win they're traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast like it was a it was a recipe for them to lose in my in my opinion which is why I made the trade and it was just one of those things that. It kind of uh, trying to think the word to put it in, like I said, situational and they were due for a letdown. 
with the way the de- that defense was giving up that many points and Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay out there for the Rams is just I, I think it's a match made in heaven, and I think they're a sleeper team to make it to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's the question I was going to ask you next. How do you feel like the season is going to play out? But I think you, you, you're very confident about Rams. <laughs> yeah, the, the Rams are going to be okay. The Cowboys um, are really surprising me. I severely underestimated them. Um, and I think, honestly, I think the, I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs and the Ravens are going to – I think the Chiefs are going to take a step back in that, you know, two years in a row you go to the Super Bowl. That's, that's a long, long season. And, you know, everyone else has pretty much had – you know, the further teams that didn't make the playoffs, all these other teams had, you know, an extra two months off that you didn't have. And to do that, you know, for a third year in a row – as competitive and they're going to be competitive as competitive as they want to be. It's a really long season to go to the Super Bowl or even make it to the playoffs for the third year in a row. It's, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think, I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back. And it seems like they are already taking a step back. Yeah. Yeah. Not, Two losses yeah, not, in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I'd hate to be uh, whoever's playing them this week. If I'm not mistaken, it's uh who are the Chiefs? The Chiefs are going to play, uh, looks like, oh, gosh, yeah, the Eagles. There you go. Yeah. The Eagles, so the Eagles are going to have a very complicated. Yeah, yeah nobody, nobody wants to see an angry Tom Brady or an angry Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's some tough stuff. Yeah, the season is really this. This season is very, very interesting. Especially what you just mentioned is that a team that has had a very long season the year before is less prepared. Which is yeah, yeah that's I, I love that observation because you're looking at the likes of Steelers, for example, and people are putting a lot of emphasis on them. You know, they've they they are a team that have sort of shined. Uh, in their in their moments, and then they got blown away last uh, last week. Mm-hmm. That so and the, as far as the Steelers, yeah, and the Steelers, they're. Uh, I'm a Browns fan, so I'm 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 naturally anti-Steelers, but um, <laughs> they uh, they're old, they're old, and uh, what a lot of people didn't take into account is that they. You know, Big Ben is 36, going on 37 years old. Granted, they drafted a running back, which is great, but their wide receivers aren't young. The defense is not bad. It's ne- they're never going to have a bad, bad defense. But the 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 key thing that a lot of people don't take into account is the fact that they, they blew up their offensive line and not even necessarily blew it up, but they got rid of um, one of the Pouncey twins was Big ben, has been Big Ben's center for years. Well, he retired. Um, Big Ben's left tackle, Alejandro Villanueva, he's in Baltimore now. So those are t- two key key cogs in the machine that they need to play that brand of smash mouth football that they want to play that are gone, that have been there for years. So there's, I don't, and I'm, I can't say if they're starting rookies or anything like that, but when you blow up an offensive line, and I, I use the word blow up, but when you take apart an offensive line or you take away a key piece like the left tackle for a right-handed quarterback or the center, you're going to have some growing pains. And that's what the Steelers are experiencing right now is the growing pains of a rookie running back and pretty much a brand new offensive line and a quarterback, you know, who's 37 years old and he's not Tom Brady. You, you mentioned something very interesting. You said you're a Browns fan. Yes. I see you bet on them quite often. Do you feel like and, and one thing that amazes me you know how you bet on a team that you feel really passionate about. Your perception of that team is a bit skewed. You go in that direction because you love them. You don't really expect them to lose ever. So you'd never really bet against them. But I've been seeing you win frequently betting on Browns. Plus six, Browns versus Chiefs. You you managed to get the over as well. <laughs> How do you yeah, do this? <laughs> I don't, and I shouldn't. And to anyone who hears this podcast, heed my words, do not bet on your team. 
so listen, do, <laughs> if you see me post anything with a Browns trade on the wall, ignore it, disregard it. I'm I'm kidding, but no, I I if the numbers add up, I will you know put a wager on my team. I try, I really try my best not to, but if the numbers line up and it matches my homework, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pass up on it. And I mean, even this week, even this week with the with the Browns playing the Vikings coming up, I can't touch that game because if I had to go one way with it, I would go with the Vikings. And now, man, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to bet against my team, but I shouldn't be betting for them. So it's it's almost a catch-22 because I want to see them do well, and I want my wagers to reflect that, but that's not necessarily the case. So, like I said, if I, you know, this week, if I were to bet that game, which I'm not, well, actually, now that I say that, I'm looking at the over. It opened up at 47, and now it's at 51. Now I'm talking myself into it, but no, I, I'm no, do not bet on your team. It's, it's a terrible, terrible thing to do. It's terrible. And I do it and I'm a bad example. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> you are three out of three right now. So I don't know if that's, um, if you're, if you're putting out the right advice for people. No, I know. No, <laughs> do I know. follow I, Jamie. <laughs> if, if I bet on the Browns, follow me. Yeah, and then a little Mur- Murphy's Law will come in. Well, now now that you say that, I think I am gonna. I might do the Browns Vikings. Oh over. God, no! <laughs> yeah, you, you talked me into it's it. It's all my fault. Me <laughs> yes, I'm gonna blame. Now, when the trade loses, I'm blaming you, Jake. It's all on you. <laughs> so, one of the last questions I was going to ask you: What sort of changes have you made for the NFL season this year compared to the last season? Um, this season, or oh, the last seasons. The, the, yeah, and yeah, in past seasons, and for football in general, um, I what I'm learning is uh, about myself, especially, is that I'm a uh, I'm a volume trader, and that I, you know, I'm not, you know, the butcher, uh, Christopher, uh, Brendan, uh, Captain Sports Out, those guys, Dan, when he was around, they can pick one game and they can nail it. You know, and they're 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 snipers, you know, like that. I'm not a sniper. I have a shotgun or a machine gun, and you know, I'm I'm gonna shoot a bunch of bullets, and you know, pray to and you know, and shoot to hit 55% of them. But in in doing that, like you know, the past two weeks, even in college football and even in NFL, the, um, a high volume of plays for me, and it's a a lower unit size, obviously, because there's so many so many plays. But that takes that counteracts the variance that can come Mm. in that you lower your unit size. You know, if you have a 50 game sample size, the variance is going to be, you know, you might have variances huge. But if you have, you know, a 500 game sample size, the variance is going to diminish in that, you know, your 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 numbers will, will slowly start to get better just through the law of averages. So for me, I'm learning <clears throat> to do the homework, trust trust my homework. And if I end up with a lot of games, especially especially for me right now, <clears throat> the way I'm the way I'm doing my homework, um, you know, I start I start looking at college football lines on Sunday night. And, you know, I watch the lines and I make make my first list and I go through the next day and I scratch off things that don't add up add some things that they do but i my i what i'm what i'm learned from the past seasons into going into this season is not is to not be afraid to trust trust myself trust my homework and if it seems like i got a lot of games you know so be it as long as you put in the effort and the work and you trust it 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 usually works out and that that's what i'm learning is not to be not not to be scared not to be scared to bet a lot of games. And this is a great advice for anyone out there who does analysis for sports that have a lot of games, like for example, football. On mm-hmm. daily basis, you have uh, on basically on daily daily basis, you have a few hundred games a day, and you may do your research and come out with 10, 10 plays, twenty plays. Right. It it just it all comes down to money management. Obviously, if you're not exposing your entire bankroll to those twenty plays, then you are doing something right. Especially when you're winning money frequently, 
with yep. that you... high volume. So it's it's just basically whatever works for you, and you don't have to be one of those people who just um, makes analysis, puts out templates, and then narrows it down to two or three, because maybe higher volume is better. Yeah, and like I said, for me, for me, a uh, higher volume just like like I said, it, it counteracts the variance that that is bound to come on everyone. I just think that you know if you if your unit size is so much that you know betting ten games causes you trepidation, you need to lower your unit size. Uh, Brendan uh, put this on the wall. Um, this was, I mean, maybe three, four, or five years ago, but you should be able to lose 10 to 15 straight trades. You should lose those and not blink an eye. Because the, 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 the difference in this thing is not, the difference in the, between us at Z Code and the rest is that, you know, anybody can pick winners and losers. Mm. You can throw darts up against a dartboard. The difference between the winners and losers is money management, like you said. And if you're doing the proper unit size, no one no one trade should make you sweat ever. And if it does, you're 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 wagering way too much, and you need to back your unit size down. So at last, my final question, <laughs> and I, I know you've got a lot going on already, but are you working on any new systems? Uh, the hockey system is one that's in the works, and I'm gonna I gotta start looking into preseason actually since that started and then the um the i think carlos has a world basketball system he has world basketball two three four that is really really fascinating to me and i'm not i don't know if he does it on nba because i'm not sure you know he's on the other side of the world so when we're when nba is going i don't know if um if you know if he's awake or whatever but he does uh he's got a world basketball two three four system scotty has the same thing um, and, but Scotty's, uh, Scotty and, um, I think G-Man is the other guy, the, the qu a quarter system in the NBA for either over unders or against the spread are, is what, is what I'm looking at. Another, another live system kind of, kind of similar to the two, three typhoon in that the reason I love doing the two, three typhoon so much is that you, you don't have to sit and watch the entire baseball game. You can watch that second. You can watch the second inning, and if there are no runs scored, you can finish watching the game if you want. But if there are no runs scored, you you've you've won you won your bet, and you know you can get out of there and go on about your day. And I'm looking into things like that in that you know pregame stuff, which is like um, I'm starting to put my football out earlier and earlier in the week, because what I learned, one of the things I learned when I was in the hospital um, for as long as I was, was that. Um, you know, looking at these games and these lines all day, there's a there's there's a whole world out there and there's a life that needs to be enjoyed. And being, you know, sitting there, not I'm not going to say stuck because for me, it's not stuck. I enjoy it. But the more the more I the more the sooner I the more I put my homework in early in the week. And go ahead and make my wagers and then I'm done, you know, I'm done for the week. The trades are made. I can't do anything else about it. Trust the homework. It makes, you know, I can enjoy life because, you know, if I want to go out and do something, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not, you know, going to check, oh, did this line move? Did that line move? You know what? If you did the homework, you put in the work and you trust yourself and you studied, it's going to work out. And guess what? Make your wager. Move on about your day. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Because, like, you know, with everything I've been through, you know, tomorrow is not promised. So enjoy it. You better enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. And make the make the best of it. You know, and I, I enjoy being I enjoy being on the wall and I enjoy talking with the guys on the wall and everything like that. But I'm, but I'm not going to I'm not live trading soccer like a lot of the guys are, but I'm not going to be on there all day, you know, talking to everybody and and doing that. Not all the time. You know, sometimes, you know, we get in, you know, some some good dialogue on there and things like that. But you know, there, there's, there's, there's more to life. And if you can't do the homework, trust yourself and move on and enjoy life, you're, 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 you're doing this for the wrong reason. The prime example of that is Christopher, you know, he's a one play a day guy. And then you, you see pictures of his beautiful family and him going out and just enjoying himself and living life. 
And that and that that to me, like I, I posted on the wall yesterday, you know, when I grow up, I want to be like Christopher, you know, because <laughs> I want make I want to make my trades and then, I, you know, I don't want to go enjoy my friends and family and and, you know, like I said, in, enjoy this life that we have because nobody's going to remember, you know, when it's all said and done and it's our time to go. Nobody's going to remember, well, that guy was a really good sports gambler. You know, some some people might think that, but hopefully they remember you for more than that. Definitely. Leave leave a mark on the planet for exactly whatever whatever it might be that you're gonna leave the legacy behind of. Um Jamie, thank you so much. It this was actually, you know, not just the one sided podcast where you were talking. I, I, I learned a lot from it as well. I do love talking about mental illnesses and sort of mental health and, and all, yes. all sorts of things like that. So yeah, it's not I a was stigma, very man. engulfed in the whole conversation. I was very engaged, which is, um, you know, usually I just ask questions. We actually moved away from everything that we were going to. I, I was going to ask you about MLB and so on. Yeah, no, to but... talk about uh, big boy stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, listen, men, men especially in this in, in what we do, man, men, mental health is probably the most important aspect of having the right mindset before you even attempt to get into trading sports you you have to have the right mental aspect and you have to be happy with yourself and comfortable with yourself and if you're not it's gonna it's gonna reflect itself in you know how you might respond to things on the wall or how you react to maybe losing a bet and things like that and you got to have yourself in the right mental headspace and it's not a stigmatism anymore you know it's it's okay to feel a little bit down you know, it's okay to ask for some help. It's okay to need somebody to talk to. You know, it's not it's not a bad thing. And having yourself mentally prepared for the grind of trading sports every day, you you've you've got to be on you've got to be on your toes, and it's not something you can really mess around with. You got to take care of your mental health first, and then everything else will everything else will fall into place. Well. <laughs> Man, I, I actually loved uh, the the last hour that we spoke. We've extended it so much as well. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry. No, no, don't <laughs> be, because this is gonna be a great thing to to edit afterwards, and it's not much to edit anyway because of the the flow of the conversation, right? Uh, which I'm really really happy about. It turned out really well, and I'm so grateful for the time you dedicated for this um thank uh, you for having me so much man I look, hopefully we can do it again sometime soon yeah um i would love to honestly uh maybe a duo with someone else um, sounds great maybe christopher you and christopher would actually make an amazing podcast in my opinion oh yeah um, he, he he he's my paisan he's from he's from <laughs> cleveland like i am <laughs> you guys may find the <laughs> common <laughs> voice um, right but yeah, uh, I wish you all the best with your business. Uh, I hope things are recovering, and I hope your family is safe and and sound. Everyone is healthy. And, and you as well, my friend. You stay as that well. way, man. Uh, really love the energy in this podcast, and you know, keep winning. <laughs> all right, you too, man. You take care. Thank you. Thank all you right, so talk much. Bye bye. You're welcome. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to our Z Code Sports Betting Podcast, where insider systems, secrets, and tools are revealed to help you win on sports betting. If you have a comment or question, make sure to visit us at www.zcodesystem.com. Download our free sports prediction tools and join our VIP club to follow winning systems from people who make a living betting sports professionally. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. See you next time.